Welcome to another inspiring podcast from C3 New Hope. For more information about our church and its locations, please visit our website at c3newhope.com.au. Today we're actually going to talk about forgiveness, you know, one of the big, the big parts of our faith. And um, you're talking about the secrets of forgiveness. Kind of sounds like I'm going to sell you a pyramid scheme. I'm not. Because <laughs> they're not really secrets. They're like, they're reminders. They're things that we don't often think about when we have to forgive someone because whatever reason. Ellie knows what I'm talking about. Ellie's, she's heard it all before. She's really interested in Geordie's dress. Um, but it's, it's so important to have a healthy and working relationship with forgiveness, right? Because people are people. And we as Christians are people who need forgiveness, but we are also people who have to give forgiveness because that's what sets us apart, that we were forgiven without having to work for our forgiveness. We... We are forgiven freely, and so freely we give, right? And I think the world is coming to a place, if we're not there already, where people want to hold on to every little thing, right? And we become like emotional hoarders. Did anyone ever see Hoarders, the show? Where, yeah, it's, it's kind of it's still on. I mean, it, I suppose there are still hoarders around. But it's like, I remember watching that show and just being really confused because you'd see stuff that they needed to live their life, but also a bunch of stuff that they didn't need. And, but you couldn't tell what was what because it's kind of all rolled in together and you're like, oh, I don't know. And, you know, the thing with reality TV is it always has to get progressively worse. And there, just, there comes a point where you just, you just got to stop. <laughs> That's the thing with emotional hoarding is that it's killing our relationships you watch the TV show Hoarders and you see how it affects the family that someone can't let go of a, a newspaper that has no bearing on their life from the 70s. Um, and it's breaking, you know, emotional hoarding is breaking down what God has created for good in our lives. So we're going to be talking about it. But before we do that, let's pray. Let's bring God back into the space. Heavenly Father, I thank you that you are here with us today. I thank you that your forgiveness has been freely given to us if we would receive it. And Lord, today I pray for soft hearts, people ready to receive, Lord. I pray that you would do a great work in our church today. That freedom would be released. And that you would be glorified. Everybody said. So what actually is forgiveness? One definition says that it is a conscious, deliberate decision to release feelings of resentment or vengeance toward a person or group that has harmed you regardless of whether they deserve it or not. As Christians, we didn't deserve it. We never deserved it. We're never going to deserve it. But I want you to keep that in the front of your mind because God has given it to us because he loves us and we are motivated by his love. But we're going to read some scripture because we're in church. We're going to read from Matthew 18, verse 23. It says this, Therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like a king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. 
As he began the settlement, a man who owed him 10,000 bags of gold was brought to him. 10,000 bags of gold is like several billion dollars. It's a lot of money. Since he was not able to pay, the master ordered that he, his wife, and his children, and all that he had to be sold to, be, to repay the debt. At this, his servant fell on his knees before him. Be patient with me, he begged, and I will pay back everything. The servant's master took pity on him, cancelled the debt, and let him go. But when the servant went out, he found out he found one of his fellow servants who owed him 100 silver coins, which is like $1,000. So it's still a bit of money, but compared to the billions, not really that much. He grabbed him and began to choke him. Pay back what you owe me, he demanded. His fellow servant fell to his knees and begged him, be patient with me and I will pay it back. But he refused. Instead, he went off and had the man thrown into prison until he could pay the debt. When other servants saw what had happened, they were outraged and went, to to and, went and told their master everything that had happened. Then the master called the servant in. You wicked servant, I cancelled all of that debt of yours because you begged me to. Shouldn't you have had mercy on your fellow servant just as I had on you? In anger, his master handed him over to the jailers to be tortured until he, couldn't, until he should pay back all that he owed. This is how your heavenly father will treat each of you unless you forgive your brother and sister from your heart. The first thing that I want to mention is that forgiveness is not a license for bad behaviour. It is the empowerment to change. To the natural eye, the servant's debt of billions of dollars is unpayable. There's nothing that can make up for what he borrowed. His options were pay, or you and your whole family are going to be sold into slavery. Which, if that was my family, I would not want to go. I would not be willing. <laughs> but still, the master has compassion on him and forgives the debt and says, okay, cool, whatever. Debt's clean. They don't set up a payment plan. There's no, like, okay, you're going to work this number of hours for forever. None of that. No further action is required. The other thing that I find really interesting is that he sends his friend to jail, expecting to be paid back. How, how do you pay someone back if you're in jail? Like, I don't think you can work from jail. You can't, like, set up a side hustle, right? <laughs> well, exactly. <laughs> Imagine if you could set up side... No, never mind. That's, no, we're not going there. Um, <laughs> but he's still so bitter about this super small debt that he would rather send his friend to jail than actually just forgive the debt. But I think that we do this. I do this. I believe and we believe that people owe us something if they hurt us. They owe us an apology. They owe us whatever was lost. And we will lock them out and lock them away until I say it's okay or until we say it's okay. And we'll make up reasons about why we can't talk to them, why we can't hang out with them, why other people can't talk to them. And we set up boundaries around them until we decide eh, it's okay or until the dust settles. And, and maybe for some people, they never, they never let that person back in. They never say enough's enough. I know that if I'm wounded by someone, I will actively avoid them. 
Like, I will make every effort to make sure that I don't see you because I hate conflict and I don't want to deal with that. <laughs> but here's the thing. Forgiveness is not a license for bad behaviour. It is empowerment to change. When we come into relationship with Jesus, he says, come as you are, yes? But he doesn't say, stay that way. His forgiveness empowers us to become more like him, to be, to be better. The servant should have taken the mercy and the forgiveness of his master and passed it on to his friend. And I suppose in this scenario, if you can't be the example, be the grave warning. The same, in the same way, we should take the forgiveness that we have received from Jesus and pass it on to our friends, pass it on to our family, pass it on to the people that need it in our lives. And we pray that it would be a chance for them to change, a chance for them to do better. But in order for people to do better, there has to be genuine opportunity to change, right? But what if I don't want to forgive? What if I don't like it? I don't like people. I work in healthcare, I don't like people. They really hurt me. Or as any teenager ever, why should I? I think most parents who have teenagers have heard that and slightly traumatised. It brings me to my next secret. Forgiveness is not an emotion, it is an act of will. You may get swept up in your emotions, and sure it plays a part in how you forgive and how the process plays out, but it is not an emotion. Has anyone here ever heard of Corrie ten Boom? Corrie ten Boom is an absolute, she's so cool in my, in my world. Um, when I think about forgiveness, I think about Corrie ten Boom, because she was a woman who, this is where I got the whole forgiveness is not an emotion thing, but she, was a woman who used to hide the, um, the Jews from the Nazis when um, Germany invaded Holland. So World War II is happening, secret police are everywhere, and she's hiding these Jews. Unfortunately, she is taken to a concentration camp and you know the rest of the war unfolds. But it's an incredible story of hers because she learns to forgive the Nazi who was a part of her concentration camp. And what I love about this story is she goes from telling people all over the world that reconciliation is, and forgiveness is how you get over the psychological scars. And then she has to put her money where her mouth is because one of the Nazis rocks up to where she's talking. And I wanna read the story that she tells about the moment that she had to forgive this man because it, it gets me. And I wanna share it with you. She says, it was in a church in Munich that I saw him, a balding, heavy-set man in a grey overcoat, a brown felt hat clutched between his hands. People were filing out of the basement room where I had just spoken, moving along the rows of wooden chairs to the door at the rear. And that's when I saw him, working his way forward against the others. One moment I saw the overcoat and brown hat, the next a blue uniform and a visored cap with a skull and crossbones. It came back with a rush, a huge room with its harsh overhead lights, the pathetic pile of dresses and shoes in the center of the floor, the shame of walking naked past this man, 
I could see my sister's frail form ahead of me, ribs sharp beneath the parchment skin. Now he was out in front of me, hand thrust out. A fine message, Fraulein. How good is it to know that, as you say, all our sins are at the bottom of the sea? And I, who had spoken so glibly of forgiveness, fumbled around in my pocketbook rather than take that hand. He would not remember me, of course. How could he remember one prisoner amongst thousands of women? You mentioned Ravensbrook in your talk, he was saying. I was a guard there. But since that time, he went on, I have become a Christian and I know that God has forgiven me for the cruel things that I did there. I would like to hear it from your lips as well. Again, the hand came out. Will you forgive me? It could not have been many seconds that he stood there, hand held out, but it seemed to me hours as I wrestled with the most difficult thing that I had ever had to do. For I had to do it, I knew that. The message that God forgives has a prior condition, that we forgive those who have injured us. If you do not forgive men their trespasses, Jesus said, neither will your Father in heaven forgive your trespasses. Those who were able to forgive their former enemies were, were able to return to the outside world and rebuild their lives, no matter the physical scars. But those who nursed their bitterness remained invalids. It was as simple and as horrible as that. Still, I stood there with the coldness clutching my heart. But forgiveness is not an emotion. I knew that too. Forgiveness is an act of the will, and it can function regardless of the temperature of the heart. Jesus, help me, I prayed silently. I can lift my hand, I can do that much. You supply the feeling. And so woodenly and mechanically, I thrust my hand into the one stretched out to me. And as I did, an incredible thing took place. The current started in my shoulder, raced down my arm, sprang into our joined hands. And then this healing warmth seemed to flood my whole being, bringing tears to my eyes. I forgive you, brother, I cried with all my heart. For a long moment, we grasped each other's hands, the former guard and the former prisoner. I had never known God's love so intensely as I did then. That is such an incredible story to think of a man whose whole job it is to brutalise and traumatise and make you feel less than just because of not really a very good reason to then reach your hand out and say, I forgive you and mean it. People are gonna hurt us. And I pray that you never experience that same hurt, but people will hurt us. If you're around long enough, someone's bound to, at the very least, offend you. It's probably gonna be me, unintentionally. <laughs> but if you're in deep relationship with people, they are bound to accidentally disappoint you or hurt you. I don't speak that over you, but People are human, right? It's just, just a part of life. But it's not a reason not to forgive someone. Because in the same way that people are likely to disappoint and hurt us, we are likely to disappoint and hurt other people. And I know that we would, when we're in deep relationship with someone, we would all love the opportunity to regain the relationship, rebuild the thing that we broke. This only happens with true forgiveness. When we are given opportunities to submit to God's will, forgiveness is one of them. You don't need to feel like it. You just need to take the plunge. And the hard, the hard rub is that it seems justified. Like, I feel like you hurt me, so I get to hold on to this, because that's the thing. 
that's what I get out of it because you took something from me. But just because it feels right doesn't make it right. Unforgiveness is like drinking poison and expecting the other person to die. It robs you of peace and it robs you of the opportunity to experience a deeper relationship. And God is not a God who would rob us of the very thing that he wants to give us. When God creates a commandment, it's not so that you would feel stuck. They're not rules that are rigged against you. They are boundaries that God has set up for your good. Remember, forgiveness is not a license to continue with bad behaviour. It's empowerment. And if it's empowerment, that I don't need to be in the right mood to forgive because forgiveness is not an emotion. It's an act of will. If the band can come back up. It's just a short one here today, guys. We live in a world where people hurt people. And I'm sure you've all, on some level, experienced that. And if that's happened to you, if the church has hurt you, I want to take this moment to right now apologise if the church has hurt you. That was never Jesus' intention. But we live in a world where things happen, whether it's premeditated or heat of the moment, it happens. And we can't ignore that. Even though our heart is hurt and our spirit is crushed, we have to choose to forgive. When we choose to forgive, healing comes. I can only imagine what it was like for Corrie and the former guard, whose name I, we, I don't know, I tried to find out, I couldn't find it. It's not really important, I suppose. But the moment where they exchanged forgiveness and healing came, and what once was a really, really traumatic thing now has no power. When we forgive, God is with us. Forgiveness brings freedom. And this is the last secret that I'll share with you, that forgiveness brings freedom. Even though the act can feel mechanical and despite how we feel, when it is true and deliberate, God is with us. God fills out every moment and we can experience freedom. There is another line in Corey's, Corey's story that resonates with me that says, those who were able to forgive their former enemies were able to return to the outside world and rebuild their lives, no matter the physical scars. Those who nursed their bitterness remained invalids. In the passage we read earlier, it's the master calls the servant in and he says, you wicked servant, I cancelled that debt of yours because you begged me to. Shouldn't you have had mercy on your fellow servant just as I had on you? In his anger, he handed him over to the jailers to be tortured until he should pay back all he owed. We obviously don't torture people now. But what if instead of physical torture in a jail, we torture ourselves? We play it over and over in our mind. We relive hurt. We, we relive the experience instead of seeking new experiences with God. We let bitterness and hurt guard our minds instead of peace and joy, instead of letting forgiveness come in.
I wonder what life would have been like had that servant taken that mercy and passed it on. You know, that whole thing about pay it forward. I wonder what, how his life would have changed. I wonder how life will change for us when we, we let bitterness go, we let hurt go, we let that thing go. And I think for some people here, when I say that thing, something very specific comes to your mind. There's a moment, there's an exchange, there's a, maybe something was said to you, maybe something was done to you. I don't know what it is, only you know that and God. And I don't need to know that. That's. But what I would encourage you is that to release it brings freedom, that God will replace that hurt with parts of Himself, which is ultimately of way more value than, it, than anything that hurt and bitterness can give you. Hurt and bitterness will rot your soul. God will rebuild your soul. We hope you've been encouraged by this message. For more information about C3 New Hope and its locations, visit our website at c3newhope.com.au.